Hello and welcome in to another episode of the Fantasy Football RPG Podcast. I'm your Commissioner Corey, also known as Bittner Steel, and this week I am joined by Evan. Hey, Evan. How you doing, Corey? Doing pretty good, man. Uh, good to have you on this app after uh, missing the last one. It, it was a it was a fun one. I don't know if you've got to listen to it yet. It was a good time. Can't wait to hear your thoughts on the uh, the teams we all drafted because I think I clearly won, but other people aren't seeing it that way. Well, you know, regardless, I'm going to tell Eric that he had the worst draft. As soon as I uh, uh, so I posted the episode came out in all the leagues, and then I posted a poll uh, for people to vote on who they thought the best team was. And right at the minute after I posted the polls, Eric had already voted for himself in every single one. I'm like, that's classic. Uh, speaking of Eric, as you uh, probably can tell, Eric is not with us this week. Unfortunately, he has passed on uh, to the next to the next life. Uh, he's a he's a ghost now. Um, he's no longer with us, unfortunately. I'll adjust. I told Eric that if he wasn't uh, completely dead for this episode, but he was not here, I was going to roast him and tell everyone that he uh, that we were having a funeral episode for him. Uh, but no, Eric is fine. He's just you know. Trying to buy a house, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know what he's thinking. When when I was just down there for the draft, like him and I talked about it, and it was just like, yeah, it, it's just not worth it. Like not at not at this point. It's insane where where the he way the lives, market is. Like, he, where he yeah. lives, it's just crazy. Where I, I live here, about that. Know, like it's it's insane as well. So yeah, yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, he's he's in a pretty uh, nice area in Florida, huh? Yeah, everybody's moving down there. That is brutal. Well, best of luck to you, Eric. Uh, sorry you couldn't join us this time, but we're going to go ahead and try to have a bunch of fun without you. Getting into the swing of things here, uh, I guess we should go ahead and, and start with our, our first segment, uh, as as we like to do, talk a little bit about the drinks that we're having. And I think this is the first time for me personally where I'm going back-to-back, same drink. Uh, last week, I went with the uh, Fremont uh, Legend Cold IPA. I talked a little bit about what a cold IPA is. It is not very interesting, uh, but they basically just make the beer in a cold way. Uh, but I ended up really liking it, so I, I picked up some more, and that's what I'm going with. It does feel like when you drink it that it, it like makes me a little cooler, so I, I, I like that. Yeah, just a nice, I, I really like the design too. I don't know if you can see it. It's got like a cool like Pacific Northwest sunset thing going for it. Mountains in the background. Yeah, it's doing the job. Uh, always like to support the uh, local breweries too. So win-win. And uh, what about you? What do you got over there? Uh, some Blondale that I just pulled out of the fridge. Okay. So nice. that that is the extent of what I can tell you. I don't know. I literally, you texted me and told me to get on, and I walked out there and grabbed something, put it in a glass, and called the day. I do really enjoy Blonde Ales for uh, when it's really hot out. It feels like that's a really good one to drink. It's not too heavy tasting, uh, nice and light. Uh, so, yeah, that's a good choice. I, I was going to say, I was drinking Coors Light all day yesterday at the uh, yeah. at the football game, so... Because as as I was telling Corey pre-show here, I went to the preseason game for the Titans yesterday. Any uh, anything stand out to you when you're? I know it's preseason; you can't make a lot of like super hot calls. But any anything you see out there that you uh, liked or didn't like? Who are they playing against again? The Bucks. Oh, that's right. Okay. 
Well, I mean, it's kind of known at this point, but Kyle Trask is dead. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no fantasy value whatsoever, <laughs> once again. When, when Blaine Gabbert is uh, uh, taking the start over him, I, yeah, it's pretty pretty clear to me the way that's yeah. going. Lenny was out there, and uh, he looked pretty good, um, given it wasn't against the full first string, but he looked pretty good. Uh, Caleb Farley, uh, corner for the Titans, he looked really good. He was playing fantastic. Um, which is great to see, especially since he was injured coming out of Virginia Tech when they drafted him. Um, so that's huge to see. I, I feel like that's a big part of the Titans' uh, holes, at least from last year watching them, is like they really needed that secondary help. So, Yeah, the Titans' D-line was fantastic last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but the secondary was was rough. Um, Traylon, it was, I mean, it was hard to watch. I mean, he, he's up there. I wouldn't really say he was getting truly locked down, but they just weren't looking his way. I don't know if that was the play design and how it was supposed to go, and he was just supposed to go out there and work work on his routes or what. But, I mean, he played most of the game. Uh, Malik looked good when he needed to run. He also looked like a guy that still needs some seasoning um, passing the ball. You definitely saw some decisions that were very questionable from him and just kind of missing some defenders that are right there in his throwing path. So, but using his legs, he looked to be able to escape the pocket, extend some plays. He did a good job with that, which is what you want to see out of Malik. Yeah, yeah. From the uh, from the draft, it seemed pretty clear that uh, the NFL thought that Malik needed uh, some time. If he did have it, it wasn't going to be like an immediate turnaround kind of thing. So that that all makes sense. It's nice to see that he's uh, flashing a bit, though. The trail on Burks thing, man, that is. Uh, that's that's hard to hear all the all the negative stuff coming out about him. I still have you know hope and faith. It, it's still very early, but yeah, I obviously I would prefer him making big splash plays out there and and uh, getting a bunch of good buzz in camp and stuff. But uh, is what it is. We'll still uh, have to wait and see about that. But is a little bit getting on my worry radar. Uh, you're drinking a bunch of cores. You said uh, how expensive are those at the uh, Titan Stadium? Uh, so I was actually doing it at a pregame. So oh, smart, we, smart. Yeah. So yeah. we we actually were pregaming a little bit before, and then we had a kind of all you can eat buffet, um, through one of my friends' work. They had nice. extra tickets for it, so they were just like, "Hey, come on!" So grabbed a couple more oh, beers cool. there, and grabbed a double decker burger and a dog, and you know, called it the day. So that's a great Saturday. That's that's hard to beat. Okay, cool. Well, uh. Yeah, I went to a I went to a preseason game last year. Um, I don't know if I'll be going to many Hawks games this year. Although tickets might be a lot cheaper, uh, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, but you talking about it is certainly getting me in the mood to just uh, go and get a couple of way too expensive beers and a hot dog or, or two or three. We can go ahead and move more into the the good old football talk here. Uh, we do have some things to discuss. I think the biggest uh, note here is sort of the Deshaun Watson decision, which we will get into a little more after the uh, the news and notes segment. Uh, we have a large part of the show dedicated to just kind of breaking down the Browns. Then we're going to move into some uh, some later round guys that we like. But for now, just just reiterate. I mean, it would be kind of weird if you haven't heard the news yet. But Sean Watson, eleven game suspension, five million dollar fine, brings him back. Uh, into playing status the week that the Browns go to the Texans, which I want to reiterate a great call 
by you, Evan, when you said that in, I don't even remember what show, two, three, four shows ago, uh, you definitely shouted that out, that that was a very, very realistic possibility for you, given that, I mean, that's going to be one of the highest watched games, I think, of the season pretty easily uh, with sort of the the implication there of Deshaun Watson going to his old team with the amount of drama that encircled him uh, with this entire saga. That's kind of just the, the, the basics of it, you know. Uh, I don't think I'll go too much deeper. Uh, as I said, we're going to we're going to talk Browns a little later here. But other than that, there were just some like preseason notes here that that I wanted to just kind of flash by real quick. One being, I think the big one is like Brady has been missing for you know a couple of weeks now. Uh, it was a it was kind of a mysterious situation where we weren't getting a lot of information. I think a lot of people were kind of theorizing that he was re-retiring, which I never really bought into. I think that would have been really really silly. The other big theory that popped up on Reddit, I don't know if you saw this, but people were saying that he was filming for The Masked Singer, which uh, <laughs> I kind of like as a theory, but also I, I don't I don't think that's it. But, you know, I guess who knows. But Evan uh, did just drop the news on me that it has been uh, confirmed that Brady will be returning to the team as of tomorrow. Yeah, he's supposed to be returning tomorrow to the team, uh, okay. if not tomorrow, then Tuesday. Well, yeah, I mean that's that's great, obviously for for anyone that is relying on Brady as a as a QB this year. That was getting a little panicky. Anyone that has uh, Bucks weapons, I'm sure you'll be happy to hear that Brady will be returning with the team uh, very very soon. I have a guillotine league that I'm in that one of the uh, guys is one quarterback on his team, and it's Brady. That's so painful. I was just messaging him, and I was like, "Hey, how tight are you clenched right now?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. In in one of my home leagues, a buddy has uh, Tom Brady and Deshaun Watson. So it was like as soon as he was just like all clinched up for the Watson saga, and then as soon as the Brady news drops, he was just like, "Um, can I maybe pick up a QB from someone? Because I'm not feeling so hot anymore." And I actually, side story, just a tangential thing, but I did. Uh, I gave I gave him Kyler. And I managed to pick up Javonta Williams in a first round pick next year, which I'm I'm pretty, yeah, pretty jazzed about. <laughs> that it was that kind of desperation. So yeah, pretty happy about that. It'll be a late first, but I mean, hey man, I'm not I, I probably would have done like Javante and like a, a second, maybe, maybe a third. I don't know. But having the first on top really makes me feel good. So uh, and I was only able to do that because I also have Mahomes and Herbert. I, I just, I've won the draft in that league so many years at this point. So, yeah. In other football-related news, uh, also, Kenny Pickett played today. And for all of the talk of him not looking ready and not looking good. He looked good. He looked pretty good against the Jags. He was the second quarterback to come in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, played the entirety of the second quarter, which I think was three drives for the Steelers. You know, he overall did uh, two drives. I'm just looking at it right now. Two drives for the Steelers. Uh, He had a punt on one drive on three plays, and then he had a touchdown on five plays. But he looked good making decisions with the ball. He looked good throwing it. He was making the right plays. So gives a little bit bit of hope there. Yeah. I think he needs those showings for sure. 
for the QB battle that is at hand here. Uh, I think he needs those those kinds of showings. I, I still like kind of my my lukewarm medium hot take is that he just kind of sits this year. I mean, I think Trubisky is just gonna be able to edge him out. You know, if he has more showings like this, and especially if Trubisky loses games, he's gonna be he's gonna slide in there uh, sooner than later. Well, and and also, <laughs> Mitch had like the most Mitch type play today. I don't know if you've seen it on social media or not. Mm-hmm. I, you just see him and the pocket just starts collapsing, and all of a sudden there's like three guys around him. He just like bounces off his own tackler, just like floundering around back there. You look like he's going to be sacked. He gets out of it somehow, and then he just flings the ball into double coverage downfield. And then you look at it and you're like, oh, well, that ball was almost picked and the receivers didn't even really make a play on the ball. Oof. Yeah. Oof. I was hoping that uh, I was hoping that he was going to learn from his mistakes a little better there. Uh, I guess we'll see how that all unfolds. Kind of talking Steelers not too far away from that is another note on here about about George Pickens, uh, who is lighting things up. I mean, I said it last week. I don't think any other player has gotten the camp hype that, that George Pickens has gotten at this point. It's just every single day there's a new clip of him. There's another beat re- reporter saying he made an electric play. He, I saw, I, I watched the Seahawks game uh, that, that the Steelers uh, had him out in. And yeah, man, like he, that touchdown grab was a thing of beauty. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but it was this toe tap corner of the end zone, just like, chef's kiss couldn't be a better executed catch uh so from a rookie wide receiver that's pretty amazing to see i don't know how far the hype is gonna go i mean you still got deontay johnson there you still got claypool there there's you know for lack of a a, not a cliche there's a lot of mouths to feed but uh man i don't know george pickens he's he's lighting things up someone to definitely keep an eye on i I think he's sneaking into the first round now of rookie uh like at the end of the first round of rookie draft so so yeah we're so over at destination debbie we're, we're doing some re-mock 2022 drafts for superflex and he's going right around one 108 is usually where he's 108 been wow. pushing significantly based off of the hype uh, part of that's probably reactionary honestly yeah. but at the same time you get that overreaction season right now, and it just kind of is what it is. I mean, heck, yep. in, in a league, I saw a guy give up pickings in a third for a 23 first and second. Holy like that, that's moly. Like, that's kind of the value that people are seeing right now on him. Yeah, I mean, look, if I can – I have him on a few teams. I haven't really been uh, shopping him much, but I th- if I can get a 23 first that I'm at least semi-confident – Honestly, even if it's late, I think I think I do that pretty much no question. So, yeah, if you're in any of uh, the leagues where I have uh, George Pickens, come get him for a first. Go ahead and send me some offers. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, just just looking forward to seeing more out of him. And then the other preseason stuff I had to talk about was just a couple of unfortunate injuries. Uh, obviously, the Zach Wilson one was was last week, but we didn't get a chance to really talk about it much. You know, it, it sounds like they're optimistic about it. It sounds like he avoided anything super, super serious unless they are just straight up lying for some reason. But he he had his operation. Um, they're saying there's a chance he gets back week one. In the meantime, 
it's Joe elite Flacco, baby. Like, let's, let's go. I don't know. It, it's tough, man. Like I still like a lot of the uh, Jets offensive players. Um, but if, if Zach Wilson isn't there for like the first couple weeks or so, that might make me move some of those guys down. I'm not a huge Joe Flacco believer at this, <laughs> at this stage in his career. Um, but you know, I, I guess I could be proven wrong there. They, they seem to talk a lot of good stuff about Joe Flacco, uh, out there being the starter right now. So, uh, and then the other kind of unfortunate injury was Matt Corral. I don't think anyone had a lot of hope for him, like taking the, the reins or anything this year with the, uh, kind of contentious battle going on in, in Carolina, but you know, it, it certainly sucks, man, especially for a guy that, that, uh, uses his legs that a lot of people were excited for, for like kind of a, a underrated scrambling QB. Um, it was a Lynn's Frank injury, man. And then those aren't, those aren't nothing. Those, those can linger, those can pop back up. Um, so yeah, it's really unfortunate. I wasn't like, you know, clamoring to get Matt Corral or anything, but like he pretty much is just a guy I'm, I'm just going to completely avoid at this point. And maybe like if someone drops him, I'll, I'll pick him up for free or something. Oh yeah, I was gonna say at this point with his injury, if someone wants to give me a third for him, I will be more than happy to take that. Yeah, I think I'm about there as well. And then we kind of touched on it already, but I'll just you know say the Traylon Burks thing. It sucks. Uh, I totally wish that it was just more positivity. He you know making splash plays that kind of stuff, but. You know, this is kind of the way it goes sometimes, man. Like sometimes the rookie wide receivers need time to to develop and and sometimes they don't ever pop. And that, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that it's it's not possible for, for Traylon Burks to bust. I still have a lot of hope in him. But when you look at all the wide receivers that were drafted highly this year, the chances of none of them busting are, are pretty much zero. Like there, there's gotta be like, historically speaking, there's gotta be one of these first round wide receivers that bust. If they all hit, that's going to be absolutely wild. Um, and so if it's Traylon, obviously I'll be very sad. My, my, uh, rankings in the future will be, uh, looked at with much scrutiny, but you know, I think it's a lot of wait and see right now. I'm just, I'm hoping to have him develop more. And, and when we get into regular season, he still he becomes that guy that I, I still think he, he can be. I know how much you love him, but let's also remember, you know, as early as four years ago, it was fully expected that wide receivers coming into the league, a first year, if they put up 800 yards, that was a good year. But these past couple of years, we've been very spoiled with breakout wide receivers, super young, um, which has to do with the changing of the guard of wide receivers. If you've tracked wide receivers transitioning and age transitions contract transitions it's just wind up almost perfectly for a lot of these young wide receivers these last two yeah. years to make splashes yeah no i i continue to sort of hone back in on that fact is that when i started playing dynasty fantasy it was like yeah you you draft a wide receiver to hopefully have him develop into like a year two guy like that was the big uh sort of cliche that i remember is like you draft a rookie wide receiver hoping for that year two breakout and that year one breakout was never really even like a thing that people really pondered over like no one really uh relied on that i felt like uh, a couple years back and then you know we have all these big big 
like I mean Jamar Chase just coming out and and Justin Jefferson coming out and just smashing and and becoming a a top five in their rookie year is just that that's unheard of. I think you're you're spot on with us being a little spoiled there. All wait and see stuff. It's all very early still. Uh, just wanted to kind of summarize the uh, buzz, anti-buzz, whatever uh, that we've been kind of getting for Traylon. That's basically all the like preseason stuff I have jotted down. I know there's like obviously a lot more stuff we could talk about uh, Romeo Dubs, but I mean, eh, I think the buzz is is high enough for him right now that I don't think we need to <laughs> go into it with any re- real detail. And I mean, unless unless you're a Romeo Dubs guy. Are you a Romeo Doves guy? Okay, cool. Because I'm not either. And yeah. I'm sell I'm selling where I can. Like he's a guy where if I can get, I don't think anyone's gonna pay it first, but if I can get like a like a second just based off the hype alone, like I I'd do that pretty easily. One hundred percent. And then another guy, Isaiah Pacheco. <laughs> Dude, okay. Everybody loves themselves some Isaiah Pacheco, right? Okay. Now. So you didn't hear the last ep, so I'll I'll go ahead and let you know right now. I am 100% on the Isaiah Pacheco hype trade, baby. Like, choo-choo, all aboard. And and purely, that's only because in the fifth round of every rookie draft I did this summer, like in May, I took him just as a complete, like, shot in the dark, fifth round RB. Like, who else are you going to take in the fifth round? But uh, now that he has so much hype and I'm sitting on Isaiah Pacheco in my, like, fifth taxi spot... Like, I, I just, I gotta be all aboard, man. I, I am, you know, people are coming to me asking if they can buy him. I'm like, yeah, sure. Uh, send a first my way and he's all yours. Like, that's where I'm about. That's where I'm valuing him. So if you want him, come get him. <laughs> I haven't had any bites on that yet, but. <laughs> a, a first? <laughs> it's mostly playing around, but I also, like, I'm not trying to sell him. Like, if they come at me with, like, a more realistic, like, second or third, like, I, I think I'd rather just keep him and see what happens, man these rookie running backs come out of nowhere sometimes like look at James Robinson. Yeah. And I would have been happy to sell James Robinson before his, his uh, injury for a second, two seconds, two seconds. Well, Great. sure, sure. But it, you know, we didn't know he was going to get injured. So, I mean, you know, I, even before that, when he was producing goodbye, done. Okay. Give yeah, me, fair. give me the flexible, give me the flexible capital over the running back that has zero draft capital. No, that's 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 fair enough. That's fair enough. I still think that there's a non-zero chance he becomes the starter. I don't think Clyde has showed that he is their their workhorse RB if they're going for like that sort of role. I don't think they've found it yet. I don't think Ronald Jones will be it. Um, so I, I just you know it could totally be just a split backfield and Isaiah Pacheco goes the way of. I, I remember last year it was uh, Gore. Derek Gore had like a week. Of relevancy and then everyone scrambled to go get him and then he wasn't used again for the rest of the year and faded into uh non-existence it will more than likely go that way but isaiah pacheco man like he does have size and he does have like four three eight speed uh which is you know something uh and he's getting all the camp love so like all i guess all i'm saying is i took him in the fifth round rookie draft and I'm riding the train, man. Like maybe if someone actually sends me a second round pick, I'll think about it. That, that is like a pretty good flip for a fifth round rookie. Just get a second rounder. But 
I don't know, man. Like, I just, I, I'm having fun just hanging on to him and like, li- like, I never, I rarely get to just ride the hype train and like see where it takes me, even if it goes completely off the rails. So, I'm all aboard, man. I'm buying my ticket. Let's see what happens. Oh boy, lucky you. I will preface. He's not on my late round values list. If that's what you're thinking. <laughs> so I you loved, loved that four for eight that he had last week or this yesterday, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't the greatest. Uh, that wasn't the greatest outing. But maybe he's just saving himself for the the regular season, man. Like he's just like harnessing all that energy. <laughs> they still have Jarek McKinnon as well. That's true. Although he, I think, also turned up on the injury report last time I checked, and he's like 31, so any injury is kind of uh, there. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, enough. I mean, we. Do you want to make the rest of the show about Isaiah Pacheco? <laughs> no, we totally no, we're, we're okay. moving. <laughs> Let's go ahead and move on then. Uh, like we said, uh, we are going to do a little bit of a Browns breakdown here. I just kind of want to summarize by saying, look, Deshaun Watson. You can say a lot about the guy. I don't really want to go into like too much of the politics around it. We're we're a fantasy football show, so I want to talk fantasy football implications here. The guy's not coming back until week 13. That is much more than half of the season. And that essentially is fantasy playoff time. So he's not going to help you uh, this year, really at all. He's pretty much a guy that if you were competing this year and you were relying on him as your as your QB one, QB two, like I'm I'm very sorry, but it's it's looking not not likely that it's your season this year um, because he's not going to be there. And I think in terms of the wide outlook here for just the Browns players in general, um, obviously I think that is is very much uh, going to affect them. I think we've pretty much come to a consensus. Evan, Eric, and I, where Nick Chubb is sort of the only Browns player that like you can really feel good about right now this year. Everyone else, huge grain of salt, man. Like I was, I was pretty excited for Amari Cooper with Watson. I thought that was like a good pairing because Cooper's such a technician, and I think Watson could play with that timing really well. I don't think Jacoby Brissett is the worst QB. I think he's actually a pretty serviceable like backup QB, but I don't think. He's got it with the Amari Cooper thing. I think that's going to be a real challenge for him to uh, be able to play to Amari Cooper's skill set. And so, yeah, he he takes a big down tick for me. I still like Amari Cooper, but you know, just generally where he's going. If I'm trying to win this year, I'm just I'm just out. Uh, David Njoku was a guy that I was kind of looking forward to as a as a tight end, especially in two tight end leagues. I'm not super about him now. Uh, I just, I don't foresee Jacoby Prezet being able to like feed all these guys uh, like like Cooper and Njoku and make them fantasy relevant. Uh, Kareem Hunt has the, the hold out weird trade request thing happening. But even if that wasn't happening, like completely off my radar, one, he's a basically a backup running back with like some standalone value. But two, now he doesn't have Deshaun Watson to uh, make plays and open up the field for him. And so, yeah, I guess Nick Chubb is kind of the only guy there for me, but I, where are you at with these uh, Browns guys? I, I still think Kareem Hunt has enough value. I mean, he's coming off the board as RB 33. So if you're taking him as RB 33, like I'm looking at him and I'm looking back to the previous two seasons 
And when he was healthy, he's getting 10 to 13 carries a game. Like, if you're going to tell me 10 to 13 carries a game with, I don't know, two, maybe three receptions, uh, that's good enough to put out, you know, a 10-point, 12-point game. To me, I think that's that's valuable enough. I mean, that's a, that's a flex play um, when I'm looking at it. So, yeah, I mean, when I have a flex, I'd love to get 12 points out of my flex, typically in mm-hmm. deeper leagues. So, I think my, my hesitation with Kareem, I, I pretty much agree with you. I think that, you know, he's not valueless. But the thing that I'm, it kind of eats me out is that, uh, I mean, Kareem Hunt scored a, a fair amount of touchdowns that kind of boosted his, uh, his relevancy. And I just can't really tell you with much confidence that the Browns are going to be a team that scores a lot of touchdowns this year. So, I mean, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I think that he, you know, he is basically a, a, you know, still one of the best like quote unquote backup RBs to have. He does have that standalone value, but yeah, it, for me, I think it's the touchdowns that really take a down, a down tick for me. And yeah, I'm, I'm not selling, I guess, I guess I'm just going to keep him where I can. Cause I don't know how much I can really get for Kareem Hunt, but I think that there are some guys I, in like a startup, I would probably take some other like younger prospects over him at this point in that kind of area. Just, the, the, here's one, a, the one I'm really sad about is Donovan's People Jones, like yeah. DPJ. Like mm-hmm. I was really excited to watch DPJ play with Watson this season yeah. and get a full season with him. Obviously, the six games was the best <laughs> you were probably going to get. But I was really excited to see DPJ as the wide receiver, too, on Cleveland and uh, what he could have done. Yeah, I, I was as well. I was actually also just kind of looking to see if Anthony Schwartz could come out and like be a guy there uh, with his uh, speed. I thought that he could be kind of like a – I think he isn't exactly on the same like tier as like a Will Fuller, but he's got like burn speed. So I was I was kind of looking forward to – seeing if Watson can make that could make that work the way he made uh Will Fuller work but yeah man it's just it's it's one of those things where uh the the, the decision really screws people that that took Browns players highly sorry if you did your drafts early and uh <laughs> took those guys uh with with earlier picks cuz yeah it's it's going to look pretty ugly in my opinion i i think it's the biggest issue for Amari Cooper you, you yeah. already look at Amari Cooper's inside on turf versus outside stats, and the splits on that are already pretty impressive and pretty crazy of yeah. how much better on turf he is. And now you throw in a backup quarterback, given you know a high-caliber backup quarterback, but still a backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. And I, where he's going, I just can't justify it. Yeah, and a backup quarterback at that, that wasn't taking – the first team snaps at all. Um, so like not like maybe he had like a few here and there. I I wasn't like super paying attention to every, uh, camp report or whatever from the Browns, but I know that he wasn't taking the vast majority of them. And that means he has not been building rapport with Amari Cooper. Maybe they start working on that now. I think they really, they really would have preferred working on that rapport early, early on to like build that kind of relationship. Cause I think that's what kind of Amari Cooper uh, thrives on is having that timing really well with his uh, with his QB. So, yeah, man, I I, just, I think it's gonna be gross. I think that with this news, like the Browns are, I mean, I don't think they're gonna play make the playoffs to be honest. 
but you know they might get close i just i just don't see it um i still think they have you know pretty decent defense and obviously nick chubb can just break games but they also what do you think about this because they also are down to like their third string center right i don't know if you heard about this but yeah yeah their their starting center got hurt uh out for the year and then their uh second string center got hurt and i i'm not 100 percent sure if that was a year like a season ending injury but i know he got hurt significantly and right now it's their third string center so like third string center backup qb uh i don't know man i think i think you put all your eggs in the chub basket if any and then you just kind of stay away from the browns this year if you're looking to win yeah i can get behind that all right well that uh that segment was called the the browns note by the way that was a the league reference. I don't know. Have you are you a the league guy? Have you seen that show? Oh yeah. Okay. Cool. We still love cool. the league. Yeah, dude. Me too. It it doesn't age well because like all the fantasy, especially be like especially because all the fantasy players and the teams and stuff are from late two thousands, early like twenty tens or whatever. But it also just like yeah, I tried to go back and watch it, and I'm just like, wow, yeah, this is just not hitting me how it how it did when it was coming out. And I think a lot of it, too, is the later seasons aren't really about football anymore. Yep. <laughs> Which is, yeah, kind of strange. But, uh, yeah, I take that Browns note uh, riff directly from them. That's where I heard about that uh, that being a thing when uh, Taco was trying to do that. So that was your Browns note update. And uh, now we're going to go ahead and take it to some late round values. Just going to kind of go over some of these guys that are being uh, drafted typically after the 10th round uh, and kind of just the reasons why we think that they are good values uh, where they're going, uh, that they can maybe recoup some of that some of that value, be out some other guys that are going in that kind of area. I don't know how, how many guys you uh, you got for this because I have eight. Yeah, I don't know. I was just going to kind of go off the cuff. I just, oh, have perfect. A, I just have a giant ADP list and oh, sweet. I yeah, some improv through it. So I love it. Okay. Yeah. I went, I, I actually went ahead and I did a quick, like, uh, just CPU filled mock, mock draft. Uh, I did that a couple of times and then I kind of just went over the guys going past round 10 and kind of looked at the guys that, that were typically going in the rounds that I, that I'll sort of list with them. What I did was I did dynasty super flex, PPR Titan premium yep. as the settings. Okay, cool. So I guess I'll just go ahead and, and kick it off. Uh, putting my money where my mouth is again here because I've been, I've been touting a lot of Davis Mills. And I think going in round 11, which, you know, okay, it's right after round 10. I might be doing a little bit of a softball for the first one. But around 11, 23-year-old uh, starting QB, that has, in my opinion, a ton of potential, uh, a team that is believing in him, uh, weapons that are kind of underrated, in my opinion, with, with Brandon Cooks. And I actually really like Nico Collins. The more and more I, I look into Nico Collins, uh, Damian Pierce has gotten a bunch of love. Um, he's looking really, really good right now as the, uh, the starting running back. If, if he doesn't make it, they still have Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead you know, obviously they aren't the best running backs ever, but I think they're serviceable. And so, yeah, I I really like Davis Mills. I like his youth. I like that the team has committed to him. And when you're looking at a super flex, look, if you're trying to have him fill your like QB2 slot, I 
kind of like it. Uh, I, I don't hate it, but at this price point in round 11, you're either getting like a hugely cheap QB2 or you're getting like a very decent young QB3. Um, so I really like him in that spot. I, I'm smashing him all down round 11, even even maybe at the end of round 10, I, depending on you know kind of the way the quarterbacks are going in the draft. I'd be tempted to take him there. But yeah, yeah, Davis Mills is kind of the first guy on my list here. Okay. The I'm gonna try and go by position. So I'm gonna go quarterback and then running back and then wide receiver. And if there's any at tight end, go by that then. My first one at quarterback is gonna be Jared Goff. So that, that, did you look at my notes? No. That was my next one. Oh yeah. That's so, awesome. Yes. So yeah, yes. Jared Goff based based off of Adika's ADP, which he pulls straight from sleeper, actual money leagues. Yeah. Um, no mock drafts, no none of that crap where people are going to go off the rails. Um, Jared Goff's ADP is 134.2. So that is well past the 10th round. Um, well, maybe not well past it, but past the 10th round. Uh, and he's coming off as QB 31. If you're going to tell me that you can get Jared Goff at QB 31, I'm 100% going to buy, even if it's just for this year. Like I'm going to buy him with the understanding of, okay, this is going to be my QB three. He's going to be a one year guy. I'm going to have to figure out my QB three next year type of situation. But what do the lions have? They have one of the better tight ends in football receiving wise. They have one of the better receiving backs in football. They have Amon Ra who broke out last year and they have arguably a top five maybe being a little generous there, but arguably a top five offensive line. I'd argue that. Yeah. And then I'd you also that. have a def you have a defense that is well, not very good. Um, so <laughs> they, they should be in a lot of shootouts. They should yep. be in a lot of games where they have to pass the ball. And that's going to lend itself to Jared Goff putting up garbage time points, which we love garbage time points. They're fantastic. Points are points in fantasy and garbage time points are easy points. So I really like seeing Jared Goff number 31 out of the QB rankings. Oh man. Like I love it. Sign, yeah. sign me up. He's not going to be the 31st like scoring QB. He's, he's no. going to outperform that 100%. Do you want to hear the, uh, so how uh, I made these, by the way, I think I already said I, I did these mock drafts. I did three of them. Do you want to know the Jared Goff picks? Round 15, round 16, round 17. If you're getting him anywhere past like round 13, that is such a win, like huge, huge win. Yeah, and I mean, I, I think it's very much, I, I, I'll, I'll put it on the record. I think Jared Goff is going to have a top 24 season. I don't think that's that hot takey either. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, I would be really surprised if he like fell out of, the top 24 i i would probably be pretty confident in saying he'll be at the back end of the top 20 like 18 19 20 is kind of where i would guess just based off look i mean besides amon ra i also like i also kind of like dj chark uh i know he had a really like bad injury and maybe it takes some time for him to come back but like he's showed to be really good on like just as bad or a much worse Jaguars team. Like he had Gardner Minshew throwing in the ball and he was, he was like a top 10 wide receiver. Some of those weeks. 
Um, so I like him too on the team. I think they have underrated weapons. And yeah, I that line is no joke, man. That that offensive line is is great. So yeah, I love that. I love that, man. I should I pick another QB? No, I'll no, I'll just let us share that one. Uh, but literally, I had Jared Goff as the uh, I was going to go down running back, wide receiver next, but Jared Goff was going to be the next quarterback I hit. So I'm glad we aligned there. I think it's a great call. I was going to say, I mean, if you want to just stick to the position, no? Okay. No, no. I, I had two uh, per position, and I had Davis Mills and Jared Goff as my two guys I, there. Yeah. So my other quarterback is complete dart throw, Tyrod Taylor. And that's, oh. and that's 100% because I think okay. that Daniel Jones is going to lose the job. Yeah. I, I think Daniel Jones is going to lose the job, and Tyrod Taylor is coming off as QB 47 basically for wow, i mean so yeah like where are you getting him in like round 22 round 23 yeah 280 <laughs> oh yeah okay so yeah, yeah. i mean we're, we're talking yeah, that's basically round, round 22 23 yeah. yeah yeah that's free so i mean if you even have a draft that's that deep i mean mm-hmm. why not take a shot if he becomes a starter sell him off for a second done yeah. goodbye off my team to some team that needs him, preferably the Daniel Jones owner has a ha ha. Here you go, take him, pay me. That's that's pure evil, man. But yeah, no, Tyrod is like one of the again, like kind of like Jacoby. Uh, he is one of the better backup quarterbacks out there. He he is completely serviceable. He will he will get points uh, as your QB two, uh, and he will be very easy trade bait if he does end up taking the job for sure so no i i like that call a lot that's a that's a real late one but uh yeah i like it i I think like you said why not like they have uh brian dable there now so the offense is presumably going to be better and if daniel jones can't hack it there's really no loyalty there like that's not dable's guy uh or anything he's just coming into the system so like if if he doesn't see it with with Daniel Jones, he could very easily pivot. So I, I love that call. Okay, so I guess I'll go move us on to running back. So I got two on here too. I got two per position here. Uh, my first running back, <laughs> look, man, rounds like 12, 13 is where I'm seeing James Robinson go right now. And I take him there. I 100% take him there. I don't, look, I'm a huge ETN stan. Uh, he was a guy that I I went after in rookie drafts last year. I, I like I very rarely uh, try to move up in rookie drafts. I, I just think it's like cost prohibitive most of the time. But James or uh, Travis ETN was just one of those guys that I I really had a good feeling about, and and I really like his skill set and his 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 athleticism. Uh, obviously that nipped me in the bud pretty bad and i uh had not such a great season because of all the etn i took and i still believe in him this year but i think that i'd be way too optimistic to say that it's etn's job now and james robinson is not relevant which is kind of how he's being looked right now he his game projections are like two three points a pop when i when i go into like sleeper and yahoo and Look, man, I I still think James Robinson has the job. If he is healthy and all camp reports are, are pointing to him being healthy, he's out there playing. They've see, I've seen enough. I think the team has seen enough of James Robinson to go ahead and keep 
feeding him the ball until he proves he can't do it. And I, I like the fact that he is a dynamic dual threat running back that the team already has a, a good rapport with. And I just think that it's a lot of like ETN hype and hope uh, to say that, like, I mean, ETN's going in rounds like three, four, and people don't even really know if he's going to be that guy. Uh, it's just the it's just the hope that he will be. I'm telling you right now, if you go and get ETN round three, four, go ahead and put James Robinson on your target list for rounds 12, 13, because I believe that you're going to want to have the insurance policy there because I think it's still his job to lose. Yeah, I think that's all very valid points. And I 100% agree with where James Robinson is going. Why not? Yeah. So the guy that I'm going to start this off with, you're not going to appreciate Corey. Oh, no. Uh, but it's Rashad Penny. Oh, get out of here. No. So, yeah, I mean, mm -hmm. Walker's dealing with the injury right now, the, the hernia that supposedly isn't a sports hernia. It's not a hernia, okay? It's a uh, hernia. In yeah, quotation hernia. Yeah. <laughs> you can't see Corey, but he's doing it in air quotes. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, if you actually go all the way back to 2017, uh, to Penny's time at San Diego State. I, I don't know if you remember this, Corey, but his senior season at San Diego State, he had 289 attempts for 2,248 yards on the ground. The year yeah. before, the year before that, he had 136 carries for 1,018 yards on the ground. So we're talking in his final two seasons in college, he averaged 7.5 and 7.8 yards per carry. And then you convert to the NFL and excluding 2020, because that was basically a wash year because of injury. We look at 2018, his rookie season averaged 4.93 yards per carry. You look at 20, uh, 2019, his sophomore season averaged 5.69 yards per carry. You look at last year, averaged 6.29 yards per carry. Like, it's just a question of if he's going to be healthy. Like, yeah. I, there's a reason the Seahawks took him in the first round, and he is a dynamic runner. The question well, is, how, how much have the injuries taken out of his legs, yeah. and can he be healthy? Like, if you take him, I would not be expecting more than 10 usable games this year. Yeah. Well, just... I think, I think personally, the Seahawks took him in the first round because we're not good at drafting in the first round. Per personally, that's kind of what I feel, but, uh, no, I, I do think that what you said is very valid. Obviously, his college stats are are really great. And when he is on the field, look, I'm not even – I don't want to come out here uh, like and say I'm a, a Penny hater or anything like that, man. I, I do like him, especially when he plays. I think he looks really, really good when he's on the field and, and the stats back that up. I just – man, when I stack up, all those injuries and obviously i'm a biased hawks fans here so i i wanted him to stay healthy so that he can compete with our team and make our team better and he definitely has pretty typically let me down in that regard but um when i when i look at all the injuries he stacked up and i don't know if it's anything serious it seems like it could be a minor thing but i did hear he just tweaked his groin which uh i don't like at all especially a, a groin injury, man. I just, uh, I, I don't like that for, for him too, with everything that he sustained. So 
again uh, for the player and and hell man even like for fantasy like i i want to see rashad penny succeed i think he's he's a great dude uh he seems he seems really like a like a team player he definitely seems like he wants to be there but with the risk of injury and i think that pretty telling with the hawks taking uh kenny walker in the like early second round is that i mean if they really thought that penny could lock it down this year and be the reliable guy i just don't really see them taking uh walker in the high second that just like that was kind of an indicative pick to me but i think you're right in that if he does stay healthy that's really the question if he does stay healthy it will be his backfield and we all know that Pete carroll loves to run the football you know i can't disagree too much with that did, did you say his adp by the way i think i might have missed it it was 125.7. So look, I mean, starting running back still, right? And and at 121, like that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good value. It just uh it's a guy that I can't I personally don't think I can press the button on unless like he's really starting to drop off. Uh but I'm also I'm very open and honest about me being that that Hawks fan bias and you know, that could definitely be clouding my judgment a little bit here. Uh but I, yeah, I don't disagree that when he's on the field, he he does look awesome. He he breaks some incredible runs. So Rashad Penny. Okay, so I went James Robinson. You went Rashad Penny. I do have a second RB here that you know it's kind of funny because my RB is one that I'm not sure if you'll like or not, but it's your team. So uh, I'm gonna go ahead and and tout out for Kenny Gainwell. Uh, I think Kenny Gainwell. I think he has a, a pretty decent, maybe a decent and a half shot at being the Eagles starting running back this year. Uh, Miles Sanders came with a lot of hype. I liked Miles Sanders, um, but he just hasn't put it together. Uh, it's just been injury after injury after just disappointing outing after disappointing outing. Uh, dude came out and said to not draft him in fantasy football, which I don't think I've ever really heard someone come out and and say that so uh, eagerly that they know they are not going to be a valuable asset in fantasy football. Uh, and on the one hand, you're like, you don't want to just take what the player says and like use that as your basis here. But I'm not throwing it out and saying it's it's nothing because I don't know, man. Past years have certainly uh, sort of spoken for him also in that way where dude just like has so many soft tissue injuries at this point that. I and he has another one now a hamstring just popped up that he's dealing with so like I don't know man and when you look at Kenny Gainwell dude had like 50 receptions uh in his last college year that he actually like played in uh which like ah oh, yeah yeah dude like hell yeah give me the guy that's catching 50 freaking passes in his college year I want that dude I want that dual threat guy uh we have coaches out here wearing a shirt, a Kenny Gainwell shirt during camp. The, the dudes are obviously believing in him to a certain extent. And I don't know, man, I think when you look at their depth chart, it's it's Boston Scott who, you know, I think he's a cool like best ball ad because he tends to have his games where he goes off for like two to three touchdowns somehow. Um, but I think Kenny Gainwell has a real chance here to carve out a, a role in this offense with, 
Jalen Hurts being a scrambling QB that might, you know, set up more screens and check downs and stuff. Like I, I just, I really like Kenny Gainwell. I like, I like his profile and he's another guy that I drafted uh, last year, very late in like the fourth round. So it's another guy that I have to tout because he's on a lot of my teams, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about him. I think he's got a, a wide open shot here. You know, the, the crazy thing about Kenny Gainwell is in high school, he actually played a good amount of quarterback. Okay. So he, he, was a, stuff. He, he was a running, running quarter. Yeah. Wildcat running quarterback. Um, but he actually played a, a good bit um, okay. at quarterback. And I think he had over 30 passing touchdowns in high school. So. I would love to see him throw some touchdown passes to AJ Brown this year. That would right. be pretty yeah. incredible. I want to see that really bad. It sets up some fun things that could potentially yeah. happen. And, you know, take it with a grain of salt. He didn't play quarterback in college. He played quarterback in high school. Sure, sure. Very, very different circumstances. Yeah. Um, Just the yeah. fact that he has that skill set potentially, though, is exciting. Like, it's something that, you know, you can't apply that to be the, the basis for wanting him. But it's a really nice cherry on top. Yeah. Oh, no. One, 100%, 100%. I mean, he came out of high school as a athlete. So he had the athlete designation, which means he doesn't have a true position. I honestly think that Miles Sanders is gone from the Eagles after the season. Um, So I think they're going to want to see what they have in Gainwell. Um, So I think he will get a little bit more carry this year. Uh, My biggest issue is I think they're going to vulture from each other. I think it's going to be a three-headed backfield plus Hertz, which is going to make it a four-headed backfield. Um, So, I mean, Boston Scott, Gainwell, and Sanders are all going to get their share. And then Hertz is also going to get a share, which I know we posted my take in uh, the Discord to try and be the first one in there and uh, have Hertz and Lance as, you know, two top five rushing yard quarterbacks. So tried to get that in there while I could. But yeah, I totally agree. Crazy enough, I'm actually in a, a redraft that I'm, I'm commissioning and uh, Gainwell actually went before Sanders. Whoa, that's big. Wow. That's a big so. swing. Okay. So people, people were seeing the hype, um, and I mean Sanders went half a round after him, but still, yeah. Gainwell still. went before him. I think that I've been wanting to like tout Kenny Gainwell for for a while now. He every time we like think about doing a sleeper show, he's always on my list. But now that Miles Sanders has literally another hamstring issue that he's dealing with, I'm just gonna go ahead and full full aboard. Like I'm I'm ready for Kenny Gainwell show in Philly. Looking forward to uh, seeing how that unfolds. It'll it'll be really interesting. You know, I, I just think the Eagles are going to be a great team this year in general. But yeah, we'll I think they're going to lift off. Totally agree with you. I mean, I think it's easy for me being like a bird team fan and knowing my bird team isn't going to be very good. I'll just go ahead and like, like leap off onto another bird team and like ride those wings for a while. Okay, fair enough. Alrighty, so my running back that I'm going to go with next is Cordero Patterson. The receiving potential, uh, Falcons, once again, going to be behind. Um, yeah, they just drafted Tyler Algier, um, but I look at Algier as more of a first and second down running back. Uh, Patterson, probably going to get 35 40% of the snaps in a game. Oh, yeah. I, I, would, I would think that's a realistic number. 45%? Of the so 30, 35 to 40 45 percent oh, yeah i think i think pretty easily yeah I, I think pretty easily as well i very much agree and i think even if he just gets that like his receiving ability i mean you're talking a guy that could put up five for 50 
And all of a sudden, right there is a 10-point week, yeah. just like that. Um, unfortunately, he did lose his wide receiver eligibility, so a little bit less roster flexibility with him. Yeah, uh, just kind of roll your eyes at that. Yeah. You know, it is what it is, whatever. Um, but receiving is where he makes his hay. Um, and if he goes and gets a touchdown or gets a long reception out of the backfield, I mean, all the better. You know, we're, we're talking about a guy that has an ADP right now of 156. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, we're, we're, ta- <laughs> we're talking about a, a guy that's going pretty late comparatively. Like around 13, 13, 14, somewhere there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's a smash. So, especially if you're looking for a guy for this year, um, yeah, that's that's a play that I I do like. For literally, I mean, he was an RB one last year, like mm-hmm. straight up. Like, I know people don't want to believe it. I know it's hard to process because of, of Cordero Patterson and him never having like a top RB finish in like five years, but. The dude was a literal RB1 last year, and his situation didn't change really at all. You, you lose Matt Ryan, sure. You go to Marcus Mariota. Um, that might mean more work. Like, Mariota could check down more uh, than than Matt Ryan. So, yeah, no, I, I like that call a lot. Seeing a, a guy that literally just finished as an RB1 going in the uh, 13th, 14th round, if you're trying to win now, I mean – he is like 30, 31, but if you're if you're looking to just build a championship team right off the bat, he's a fantastic ad. He's basically by that point, he's your he's a bench spot like flex guy. I mean, he's he's the ultimate best ball running back for me. Like going back totally. late. Like, yeah. yes, I will swoop him up in a heartbeat in a best ball that I don't even have to consider starting him. Yeah. If he has a boom week and has that 20, 30 point week, he's just slotting into my lineup. That's actually the perfect best ball RB, 100%. Because, yeah, the Falcons might, the Falcons might, dude, they just might have weeks this year that none of their offense score many fantasy points. Like Pitts might get his because he commands so much like uh, target share. But they, they are going to have weeks, I think, where they, they get close to goose eggs. But then I think, you'll also see those Cordell Patterson, like two touchdown games that are just going to be like weak winning for your best ball team. So I think that's a, that's a great call. Okay. Moving into wide receiver. Now a couple guys on my list here, but the first one, I love having this on here because we shared this guy's quarterback as our, one of our quarterback sleeper guys. And it's a guy that I kind of just talked about. It's DJ Chark. Man, I still really like DJ Chark. I know that the Lions have uh, Jameson Williams, obviously. Amon Ra broke out. But I think DJ Chark is already the most, uh, obviously he's the most veteran of those guys. Uh, he's already come out and shown he can be a wide receiver one, playing with far less prolific offensive line, uh, worse quarterback play. Uh, he was already showing out before his injury. Uh, and now he goes to a Lions team with, like we said, an arguably top five offensive line and Jared Goff, who is more than serviceable and on an offense in general that is going to be in a lot of shootouts with a bad defense and who kind of needs that like 
big bodied receiving threat that I think DJ Chark can can bring to the table here. Dude's going in like round 13, 14, 15, that area. He's basically free. Uh, and if you can get a wide receiver one, which is kind of what I'm projecting DJ Shark to be on that team. Uh, yeah, I I love that. The the other guy that I sort of saw floating around the same spot was like Alan Lazard. I think you give me DJ Shark over Alan Lazard pretty much every time. Uh, I know that the, the quarterback play is better on the Packers, but something just like eats me out about that, that Packers team this year where I'm generally kind of trying to stay away besides like Aaron Jones. And also you really don't know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do uh, this time next year, if he'll still be on the team or not. And if Alan Lazard has to go to Jordan Love, well, I think I'd rather have DJ Chark with Jared Goff behind that line. I'm full, full wheels up on DJ Chark. Okay. The next one that I'm going to go with here, I could take the cop out and say Alan Lazard. I mean, he's probably the wide receiver one on that team. It's not fun. Not fun to say. Uh, could say Christian Kirk. He is the wide receiver one and did get paid as the wide receiver yeah. one, but he's going 118. So that just barely breaks the rule of 10th round. Um, so the one that I actually did go with was Jalen Tolbert. So okay. he's 140. And basically we're talking an 11th, 12th round guy. Um, we're talking a rookie. So we're talking some upside there. And I think he's going to be the third option uh, for the first half of the season uh, for the Cowboys until Gallup comes back. Now, Gallup was running on the field at practice. I still think he's going to be placed on the pub. Uh, he wasn't in, uh, He wasn't galloping on the field? Corey, you're not a dad yet. You can't make those jokes. <laughs> no. <laughs> that, was, that was worth it based on your reaction. That was so worth it. Go, go back on mute. All right. <laughs> so so Jalen Jalen Tolbert liked his profile coming out. So we got that. Um six one, one ninety-five, like uh best decent, comparable to Adam Thielen. Decent size. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean he, he runs pretty good routes. Um he's got a very good passing quarterback in Dak Prescott. Um, their offensive line is slowly deteriorating, so they're probably going to have some issues with that and um, need to get the ball out a little bit quicker, not run the ball as much. Although I do think Zeke once again is going to eat this year. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking at that. And even when Gallup comes back, I still think Tolbert can challenge him for the role of wide receiver too. I think based off of Gallup getting paid, Gallup will probably have the wide receiver too. But, I mean, we know how much the Cowboys pass. And the question is Dalton Schultz. So, I mean, Dalton Schultz is, in my opinion, the very clear second receiving option in that offense. But how long is he, is he going to stick around for? Um, we do know that he is on that one-year contract this year. So there is that. Obviously, the Cowboys are going to try and get an extension signed with him. But, you know, maybe I'm I'm looking, I'll, I'll put it this way. I'm looking at Tolbert as more of that guy that is hopefully going to have a big game, maybe two in the first like six weeks of the season. And then I'm moving him. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, I, I think that's totally likely. I totally agree with like, 
look, I, I like Gallup um, and, and they paid him, but I kind of tend to agree with you where there's, there is a non-zero chance that Jalen Tolbert can potentially beat him uh, and, and take that like number two wide receiver role. A couple, I, I also am a, am a Jalen Tolbert fan. So just a couple of things that I kind of knew off the cuff that I think, look, I mean, South Alabama, right? Like it's not the biggest college, <laughs> obviously, but I think it's kind of indicative that he still had, like, I go off the player profiler a lot. Um, I like using their service and college dominator score, which is a, like a compilation of, of different stats for them. 97th percentile there. And then his college target share, 33%. So he was getting a third of the, he, he was the offense, you know, obviously grain of salt with the conference there, but like, I mean, dude can ball like he he can it's just can he ball against significantly more challenging competition that'll remain to be seen um but he has like the like the skill set he has he he has potential and that potential could end up making him the wide receiver two opposite of cd lamb um and that's that's not going to be the hardest thing to surmount um to me so i i really like that call especially with how late uh he's going i i loved him as a like if you could get him in like the third round of a rookie draft, I think that's a huge, huge win um, for sure. And then, yeah, if he has like a couple blow up weeks, I think that's a, a great like bait and switch <laughs> sell right there where uh, you try to go after uh, like a high second next year, just like flip him right away off of some hype. I think that's a very realistic possibility for him. I will go ahead and move to my second wide receiver here. And it's kind of, it's sort of in the same vein, actually, as yours. Um, maybe a little more difficult of a route up to like wide receiver two on his team. But I actually, I'm keeping my eye on Isaiah McKenzie because this guy actually is free, free. Uh, he's going in the early 20 rounds, 22, 23 is where I was getting him. Uh, and he looks like unless Jameson Crowder can come out and be healthy and, and take the slot away from Isaiah McKenzie, it's Isaiah McKenzie's slot role. Like he is going to play the slot with Josh Allen. He is going to have his blow up weeks. I think he might even be able to have like a decently consistent floor uh, with how often that team is going to pass. And he, he's got athletic skill. He was a guy that a lot of people I think were kind of, hoping would break out last year. And then he had some like injury stuff come up uh, this year. He's gotten a ton of hype, uh, but not enough hype to, to get him into the like later teen rounds. He's still going early twenties. So like another guy where I'm just like, why not? If I can get a guy who is tied to Josh Allen, who can provide me with some like consistent, you know, flex flex to floor. Like I'm, I'm with Isaiah McKenzie. I think that, He's got a really, really good shot at being the uh, the number three wide receiver on the team. Maybe the wide receiver too. I don't know. I mean, Gabriel Davis is also getting a ton of hype. I still think that there's kind of like stuff to remain to be seen with Gabriel Davis. He had like one crazy game last year where he scored like three or four touchdowns, and then everyone's like taking him in the in the fifth, sixth rounds and startups. And I just, I don't know, man. I think I, I like the guy, but I think it's still a little too early to be uh, that in 
on Gabriel Davis and to just say for certainty that he has that number two role locked down. It's more than likely that he does, but I think that with the chance of Isaiah McKenzie sort of getting into the mix there, that that's a guy that I'm definitely liking to to take at the end of drafts. Okay. Yeah, I can get behind that. I mean, it's Bill's offense. You you want a piece right. of that offense. It's like Eric's unhealthy love for Nicole Hardman. Yeah. Like, you, you want a piece of that offense in a guy that you can see that's just that blazer that runs downfield and has the potential for a blow-up game. Miko Hardman will absolutely die on Eric and Donnie's rosters. Like they they touted they both touted him so hard and have him on so many teams. And I know the both of them too well at this point, where I know they're not gonna like sell him for a fourth or whatever. They're literally just gonna let him rot on their bench. Yep. One hundred percent. So fun fact on Miko Hardman, he actually went to Georgia as a DB. He didn't, oh, go okay. as, he didn't go as a wide receiver. Well, maybe he should have stayed there. So, you know what they say. If you can't play wide receiver, you play DB. Yeah. <laughs> that's so true, though. Oh, man. Yeah. That's, There's a reason uh, his hands are the way they are. That's a guy I'm so, like, I'm, I'm very proud of myself for just completely. I have zero, zero Miko Hardman. I never got it never understood everyone's just like oh he's on the chiefs i'm like okay he's still not good at football like i don't know what you guys i don't know still not good at wide receivers so good luck with that so was brian byron pringle like he was on the chiefs right. too like yeah exactly cool. demarcus pringle. robinson yeah so this is gonna play uh play a little bit into uh your trail and burke's fear a little bit here oh no oh I um, but <laughs> yeah, my my guy is Robert Woods. Yeah, yeah. So he has an ADP of 150. So, I mean, we're talking value. Yeah. And currently listed on Tennessee's website as the wide receiver one on that team. I mean, yeah. Burks, Burks was out there a very long time yesterday, and it, it was it was rough. Yeah. So I, I can definitely see, and once again, you know, you'll see a theme in a lot of my picks right now is it's the old crusty guys that are more going to help you win right now type of guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, Robert Woods is listed as the the wide receiver one uh, for, for the Titans. So that's, that's big because it's an offense that doesn't really throw a lot. Um, he's coming off of injury, definitely a concern there, but the injuries factored in with his ADP. I mean, we're talking 150 as his ADP, like I, you're getting a guy that could easily produce 15 points per game in, in my mind. Yeah. No, you, you're taking, that's the kind of guy you want in those rounds. Like you, you're looking for the wide receiver one on a team. Like if, if that guy is still out there in those rounds, that's who you take. Unless he re aggravates his injury, he is going to be probably like more than likely the target leader there. Like Burks could absolutely come out and and be the wide receiver one that I think they are hoping he will be, but he like look, he's a rookie. Like like we've said before, uh, there is a big big chance here that Traylon Burks just doesn't fire this year, and that doesn't mean that he doesn't fire next year. But you know who knows? Uh, but if he doesn't fire this year, it's gonna be Robert Woods. It's gonna be. Robert Woods and Austin Hooper <laughs> as the 
top two like pass catching threats on the team. Robert Woods just had uh, a pretty long stretch of fantasy relevancy being like a borderline like wide receiver, like bottom tier wide receiver one or wide receiver two, like high end wide receiver two. And that was when he was on the Rams with Cooper Cup on the team, taking away obviously a ton of targets. Uh, now he goes to a team that there's no one there that's going to be taking away targets. So yeah, I don't think we're, I don't think we're missing much there. I think that's a, a really great call, especially at the, uh, at the ADP he's going. Talked a little bit of Robert Woods last week too. He was a, a narrow snipe by I yell it. He was almost on my flex in our late round draft that we did taking it to the tight ends now. I mean, why not? Right. It just, it flows in so sweetly. And, uh, you mentioned Robert Woods on the Titans and I did just drop his name. So I'll, I'll talk a little Austin Hooper going in like round 1920, man. I mean, what, what am I missing here? He is a free tight end one on a team that yeah, doesn't pass all too much, but they do pass and he is a catching threat of, of a tight end. Yeah. I think if I'm getting him in round 20, especially like in a tight end premium league, Absolutely. I will take Austin Hooper is still a young enough guy to be relevant for a few more years. Titans in general have been like pretty solid team with tight ends apart from like last year. Um, I think they didn't have a super great tight end experience with uh, what was it? Ferkser as the main guy, but I think Austin Hooper is uh, immensely more talented than Anthony Ferkser. So I think they'll have better shot at that this year. But yeah. I, you know, not much more to say for me. He He's going super, super late. He's still got plenty of years left to be relevant, and the Titans went out, got him, paid him. He is the Titan one. So, yeah. So uh, you swooped Hooper from me. Uh, you started oh. talking. You started talking about him with uh, my Robert Woods take, and I was just like, "Oh man, I am not gonna get a chance to to say his name." And <laughs> well, I couldn't let you have two Titans players, right? Like just because you're in Tennessee, like right. But I mean, it's it's not even because I'm in Tennessee. It's literally the fact that they are the number one and number two receiving threats on their team. Yeah. Like, yeah, they don't pass that much. But come on, it's the number one and number two receiving threat on the team. That's like, I love that play for, obviously it's a little risky because if you you can't grab him, he's kind of like at the end of that tier, like this deep for me. If you just go zero tight end style draft, and you just you wait for Austin Hooper in round 19, that's such a W for me. That's a huge, huge win. I'm I'm liking that kind of strat this year uh, for sure, especially because it feels like every year tight ends are so hard to predict outside of like the top four or five guys that, you know, you get into this situation often where the tight ends that are going in these super, super late rounds, they they shoot right up. By the end of the year, you're looking at Austin Hooper and you're like, wow, I grabbed him round 19. He's the tight end eight. Like, that's that's money. Oh, I'm I'm so glad. That's awesome. We so we aligned on Jared Goff and we aligned on Austin Hooper. That's that's awesome. Hell yeah. Yeah, so with that, I guess I will pivot here and I will say one that is gonna be an upside play, and one an upside play for the future just to be more specific here, and one that is a this-season play. So my this-season play is going to be Robert Tunyon. 
Yeah. Same thought process. Mm-hmm. Who does Green Bay have to throw the ball to? Sammy Watkins is probably going to be hurt within the first six weeks again. <laughs> Christian Watson is already hurting in camp and is a basically non-existent right now. Yep. No, no hype on him. Romeo Dubs, just a guy. So Alan Lazard, oh boy, yeah, oh boy, oh boy. And you look at it. You look at the touchdowns from Tonyan, and that's what I'm hoping for. Like you go back to 2020, and he was the tight end four. Like he was yeah. a top five tight end because of his touchdowns. He had uh, 10, 11 touchdowns that year, and. I mean, Green Bay's offense, probably going to run the ball a lot, probably going to play a lot of ball control. I fully expect him to be in there. He's a capable, not a great, but a capable blocker. Like, he can get that job done. And then you get down in the red zone, and he's an absolute threat. Yeah. You know, they just run a little play action, leak him out. Oh, look, he's wide open in the back of the end zone. Okay. I mean, no Devontae Adams, right? I think that the whole offense – obviously might like suffer from that overall, but that's also a guy who caught a bunch of touchdown passes and is just not there anymore. So who are all these touchdown passes going to go to? It's going to be Aaron Jones and it's going to be Robert Tunyon. I like, I don't view like, I like Lazard for uh, like his floor, I think will be pretty hopefully consistent because he'll just get a lot of targets in general. But I don't think he's like, you know, he has the size, but I just don't think that he's like a super clutch touchdown pass kind of guy. I, don't, I just don't think that's within his skill set. Uh, I'll, I'll be very surprised if that's if that's the case. But in in that vein, who, who do we think it's going to be? It's going to be Aaron Jones. It's going to be Robert Tunyon. Those are going to be the touchdown leaders there. Well, and let's also remember, if he's being listed as the wide receiver one on that team, small chance. Most likely, corners will just play their side of the field. And whoever ends up on their side of the field, they'll end up taking. But there's a small chance that the the, the leading cornerback, the CB1, um, for the other team could be on Alan Lazard. That's very true. That yeah. makes me want to throw up thinking about. That's like, very true and very gross, yeah. It's disgusting. Oh, yeah, so, that's bad news. So there's that, and I'm not going to let you snipe me on this next one. I don't know if you have another tight end on your list, but I do. I'm going do. Jelani Woods. Oh, okay, okay, all right. Yep. So you 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 look at what the Colts did this draft, and they drafted a ton of just oh, Raz freaks, like Raz yes. freaks, and that's that's exactly what they did. So that's what I'm saying. Like this is a future play. This is an upside play you know, two years down the road type of situation. Throw him on your taxi, let him sit there, let him just enjoy his time riding the bench because he's probably not going to play much this year. If he has 20 targets this year, I'll be over the moon. <laughs> that, so, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I mean, I like that pick. The, the, the Colts still have guys in front of them. Like, they still have Mo Alley-Cox. They still have yeah. uh, Kylan Granson. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they, they have tight ends in front of him. Um, I think it would take an injury to one of the two of them for him to see more targets. Um, but, you know, 10 out of 10 on the Raz score, incredible. Like 6'7", 253, 34 and a half inch arms. That's a big boy. 4'6", 140. 
37 and a half inch vertical. So like, just, yeah. just think about that. Wait, wait, wait. So like six feet. Yeah. Plus another 37 and a half inches. Like we're talking a guy that can catch a football 116 feet so off ridiculous. the ground. Or, sorry, so 116, inches, 116 inches. Sorry. No, I like I like feet better though. Yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah, he's not, he's, not, he's not superhuman like that. Yeah. But yeah, 100, 116, no, but yeah, 116 inches, and that's not even accounting for his actual arms sticking up. Like right. you add another 30, uh, what was it? 34, 34 inch arms. So you add another 34 inches of that. That's 150 inches. That is, um, yeah. 12 and a half feet. Monster. Yeah. Look, I'm just looking at his like athletics. Now he is, uh, he is highly, highly athletic at that size. Oh. Holy moly. Right. And that's, that's what I want. If I'm going to take a sleeper tight end, that's going to sit on my bench, sit on the taxi squad. I want them to be an athletic freak. There's there's a reason Sammy's Reyes was was the guy that I was banging the drum for to sit on the yeah. taxi squad last year. Like he yeah. was an athletic freak, and that's what I want. I don't want to waste my taxi slots taxi slots on a guy that's just a guy, and mm -hmm. I just pick him up because he's a rookie, and I need to fill my taxi squad. Totally. If you I love freak there, yeah. and he doesn't work out. Oh darn, he doesn't work mm -hmm. out. But if he hits, oh boy, we could be having some fun. I totally agree with you. I love the super athletic uh, developmental tight end on my taxi. That's like my that's my go to taxi squad player is the guy that is just a monster, and I'm just gonna let him sit and bake in the taxi oven for a year or two, and just and just hope that he comes out. And if he doesn't, like you said, oh well. You know, that's that's the that's an easy chance to take, especially with like I have to imagine his ADP is like in the two hundreds, early two hundreds, maybe. Oh yeah. I like a, I didn't even say that here. Let me see. Like a tight end premium. Like Yeah, so it's it's one ninety two in tight end premium right now. Tight end twenty four. Yeah. So I mean it's a little elevated. Around right, sixty. Like, I mean right above Austin Hooper is where it is. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I think I if I'm more in like a win now situation, I think I take Hooper if that's like kind of a choice that I'm making there. But if I'm doing more of a like next year kind of build and I already have a tight end that uh, I, I feel secure with. Yeah, no, I, I really like that pick for just the, uh, the potential there. That, that seems really good. I do have one more tight end on my list and you know, I think it's one I, I felt a little conflicted. I, I, I put him on my list and then I took him off my list and then I put him back on when I like looked for other guys to uh, to put on instead of him just because, look, I think that for where he's going and the types of drafts that I've been kind of uh, playing around with these days where I I'm really largely ignoring tight ends into like unless I can get, you know, uh, a Kyle Pitts, if, if I'm put up in that kind of situation where I can get him in like the, you know, second, third round, I'm taking Kyle Pitts. But other than that, I'm pretty much just punting uh, tight end for the most part this year and just hoping that I I land one of these guys that that explodes. And to me, I think I think Hayden Hurst has a great shot at exploding. Um, we don't have CJ Uzama anymore on the Bengals. Uh, there's really no other tight end threats uh, on that team. There's uh, there's Thaddeus Moss who 
I think some people are, are excited about just because of the name, but you know, he hasn't put it together. He's actually been in the league a few years now and hasn't put it together. So like, I'm not super threatened by Thaddeus Moss. Uh, and Hayden Hurst, I know, hasn't ever really lived up to that like first round draft capital in terms of being a fantasy asset. Uh, but he's also, you know, let's think about it. He, his first uh, team he was on was on the Ravens. And who breaks out in front of him is Mark Andrews, who is now a prolific top three dynasty tight end. Uh, then he goes to an atrocious Falcon situation where they have no weapons at all and he's you know kind of sprinkled in there but that whole team was just kind of a kind of a garbage fire uh and now he's on the Bengals, uh an actually prolific offense that has shown that they can i mean cj ozama had some some killer weeks last year uh some like some like match winning weeks they had some like two touchdown games uh, a couple like over 100 yard games uh and I think Hayden Hurst is more athletic uh, than C.J. Ozama. I think that he's probably a better tight end than C.J. Ozama. So uh, in the, let's see, I got him in like the 17th and 18th round in the uh, in the mock drafts that I did. Again, just another guy that's like, you can pretty much punt tight ends and and go for like the, the hope method of, I hope that the tight end that I get in these later rounds fires. I think Hayden Hurst has a great shot at that. So uh, I, I really like it. I'm, I've actually been like lurking around, like seeing if anyone really hasn't put together yet that Hayden Hurst is on the Bengals and sending over like cheeky, you know, buy Hayden Hurst for a fourth round pick kind of offers. And I've actually, I've gotten two bites now out of the leagues that I've just like sent over like a, like probably high fourth round pick. I'm going to say, I don't want this pick. Uh, give me, I don't know, uh, Hayden Hurst, I guess, or something. And like, worked a few times now i think that people aren't really like keying in i think that's a lot of like jamar chase like fascination and obviously the receiving threats on the Bengals are already pretty entrenched and uh diverse they they have some really good receivers but they they showed last year that they they can make a tight end work and uh yeah i i have some some hope and faith in hayden hurst so okay and then just a little a little bonus one uh yeah it's it's the washington tight end Oh, which one? Exactly. So I personally oh, can I should I guess? Should I guess? Uh yeah. is it is it is it Bates? So I was actually gonna go the other direction. Oh, okay. So I was gonna go with Logan Thomas. Okay, all right. And I was gonna go with Logan Thomas because of what we said. Bates, you you like pro player profiler. Like, just go look him up on Player Profiler, and you'll see his athletics. It's just meh. Like, he's a jag. Like, he is just a guy from an athletic standpoint. And what do we know about Carson Wentz? He loved his tight ends when he was in Philly. Absolutely loved his tight ends. So... Okay. Yeah. No, I see that here now. I I do agree. Logan Thomas is going to take a little bit. Like he's a second half of the season type of play. Mm -hmm. You know, I I wouldn't be expecting a ton because I mean, he just tears ACL back in what, November, December. Like it is a relatively quick turnaround for that. I I think it was just his ACL. If I'm remembering correctly, I don't think it was his MCL as well. Because typically if there's an MCL injury on top of the ACL, 
it's like a 15 to 18 month recovery. Whereas with an ACL, it can be nine. Um, yeah, so it was just an ACL tear. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, once again, just kind of improving the point. Like if he starts out on the pup this year, all right, whatever. Like you're getting him as tight end 32. You're getting him yeah. as the 253rd pick. Right. Again, he's not going to be the 32nd tight end. Like if he right. comes back from his injury and is the starting tight end on the team with Carson Wentz, he is going to be better than the basically the last ranked tight end on like a team scale. And, and we're we're a year removed from him having a top ten fantasy tight end season. Yeah, like no, I, I really like uh, I really like Logan Thomas. I think he also has great like athleticism, uh, yeah. and the fact that he like debuted and played a couple years at at quarterback. I think actually in my like I have kind of a pet theory that that actually is going to extend his longevity a bit because he hasn't taken as many hard hits playing like a tight end all through his career like some of these other guys so yeah that was my little bonus one no i i do like it and just a funny thing just because i'm on the page logan thomas is best comparable to austin hooper hey hey